The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today's show is in honor of the upcoming Mother's Day. And the question that I am posing to my guest, and she, of all people, should be uh, a good one to answer it, is can you be a super mom? Because my guest, PJ Jonas, um, by all accounts, seems to have um, accomplished this. She has eight children. That in itself <laughs> qualifies for something. Um, and all natural children. She gave birth to all eight children. And um, in addition to that, she is an entrepreneur, and um, she lives on a farm and has the whole family working together to um, make goat milk stuff and um, goat milk soap, goat milk, other kinds of products, related kinds of products as well. And um, this is an amazing story. I mean, I want to start out, PJ, with just because, well, first of all, she's been profiled by Oprah. She's been on the Today Show. Um, she, uh, what I'm particularly interested in, and, and um, PJ, you, a warning that everybody, every guest on my show, um, pretty much, um, gets to have their feet on my couch, <laughs> and um, because I, I, I'm really interested to understand how someone with your background, you started out, well, being born in New Jersey, first of all, and um, uh, growing up actually on an island off the coast of New Jersey. What island is that? It's actually Long Beach Island. It's not that far off the coast of New Jersey. Okay. And um, getting a bachelor, a bachelor's degree, a bachelor of science degree in systems engineering from the University of Virginia, and then being recruited for Capital One, and then getting married uh, to her college boyfriend, and then settling on a horse farm, and then, well, uh, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but my point is that um, how, did, <laughs> how did a nice girl like you <laughs> from New Jersey and with an engineering degree wind up on a goat farm making goat milk stuff? So that's yeah, the, that's when the you question say it like start. that, it sounds a lot crazier than, than it seemed at the time. But <laughs> I've just always been, you know, a little bit of a risk taker, not a huge one. I, you know, I play it safe when I need to, but n- never been afraid to take on a challenge. <laughs> and so, you know, we've just baby stepped ourselves from one thing into the next, and and this is where we've we've ended up for for I guess the past ten years here in Indiana. Okay, but when you were a, ch- a child in, let's say, elementary school, or in, not even high school, because I guess by high school, you, well, what, when you when you got your engineering degree, what were you planning to do? 
Well, you know, I always said when I was in high school and stuff that I wanted to own my own business someday. Um, okay. I honestly never really thought beyond that. I really just thought about running it. I never thought what it would be, what kind of business it would be, or whether I would be the one to start it or just take over something else that someone else had started. But, yeah, yeah that was always kind of part of the plan to, to own and operate and run something. So, um, but after then why I graduated, did you get it? Why did you get an engineering degree? I mean, how did you think that would help? Well, the systems engineering degree um, is really systems as in large-scale systems and not necessarily like computer systems, which I people see. think it is. So it's really helped me just to um, hone my analytical skills and my decision-making skills and look at things at the big picture, which when you run a family of 10, everything, you know, you kind of have to step back and look at the big picture to keep all the details going. Okay, yes, I see what you're saying, like like the systems um, of any business that you would get involved in. Okay. Um, did you see, what was that movie called? Um, oh, God, there was a movie from a long time ago. In fact, I had one of the children from that movie who is now grown up um, on my show a while ago. But there was a movie about a family who had, or a blended family, I think there were 24 of them or 12 of them. Or Do, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm just wondering well, if you saw that. Well, a dozen. I don't yeah, know well, if yeah. that's the one you're talking about. That was actually based on a, a real-life family. The movie kind of went way off <laughs> from the book, but I don't know if that's the one. Well, I mean, did you see any movie that where there was a family with a lot of kids and did that, do you think that, um, no, no. I I just wanted I wanted a large family. Um, I wanted to um, have the fun. That's a large family. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into a large family, obviously. But there's a lot of fun always having, you know, siblings around for the children to play with. And and I also wanted um, the children to have a way to to learn how to sacrifice. Um, hmm. And obviously, you can teach that to any child. But it's a lot easier to learn to sacrifice when you have seven siblings and when you're an only child. Yes. How many siblings did you have? Well, I kind of came from a, a, a little bit of a blended family myself. So I had one real brother, two half-brothers, a half-sister, two step-brothers, and a stepsister. Ah, okay. <laughs> so you were a little familiar with this. So, okay. Bit. Yeah, we never actually all lived together, so it, was, it wasn't quite like my uh -huh. family at this point. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, okay. Um, so I guess take us then from from being graduated from college on or working at Capital One on, um, and, well, and how it, did you get to where you are? So it really started because I, I started to look into and learn about some of the um, some of the negative things that come around with our lifestyle today, some you know all the chemicals that our bodies are exposed to, all the pesticides that are being used in our food, all the things that I didn't really want to be feeding my children. So that's kind of how the whole thing started. Mm. So as I started exploring that, I decided um, that I was going to you know provide my family with healthy food. So you know I learned how to buy grain and, and mill grain and make my own bread, and you know then it was easy after that to want to get my own chickens. <laughs> start to have raised chickens so I could have healthy eggs. And the dairy goats were a natural extension of that because um, I wanted the healthy milk. You know, at this point in time, we were living in Indiana. My husband was working. I was a full-time stay-at-home mom homeschooling the children. And so the dairy goats was a way to have access to raw, healthy milk, but it was also a way to teach the children the responsibility of having to care for animals that require twice-a-day milking. And, you know, we have a saying around, around our house, that if you don't work, you don't eat because you have to take care of the animals first 
before you can take care of yourself. Huh. So, but, but, but when you were at Capital One, what made you leave sort of the corporate life and decide to be a stay-at-home mom and, and, and figure out some way that you could do that? You know, it was just a deep-seated desire. You know, I would I would be at work, and I would, you know, I had people that would report to me, and I would be managing them, and and the whole time I was thinking, okay, I'd rather I'd rather be involved in my own children. You know, here mm-hmm. I am working with with other people, and that was great, and and there was some measure of fulfillment in that, but someone else was raising my daughter at the time, and I mm-hmm. just really decided that it was worth sacrificing the lifestyle we had at that point and the money that we had at that point to take a step back, cut things back, live more simply, and be able to shape her and, you know, the other children that eventually came along. Well, that's a very key point because, you know, so many people are stuck in this um, having-to-make-money kind of thing, doing things that just because they want to keep up a certain lifestyle. And to make that decision to have a simpler lifestyle, to move to Indiana, I guess part of that was because it was – the cost of living was less? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we radically changed everything. People thought we were crazy. You know, we were, we were making very good incomes. We were, you know, really enjoying life. But at the same time, we had a lot of debt back then because we were living beyond our means. And so when we made the decision that we were um, going to have me leave the workforce to, to focus on the children, um, we knew we were going to have to give up a lot. We had to sell all the horses. We had to sell the house. And we had to move somewhere that we could have the life that we wanted on a single income. Uh huh. And it wasn't when, easy, but definitely worth it. And and when you were doing that, I mean, were there times when you, when you first moved to Indiana, um, or when you were selling the horses, or I mean, were there times when you were thinking, "Wow, am I am I going to be sorry that I'm doing this?" You know, no, at that point, there wasn't a single regret. I was so excited about going forward and being a, being a stay-at-home mom and figuring things out. You know, I, I made a switch in my thinking back then that instead of working outside of the home and adding income to the family, that my job was going to be to figure out how to save money for the family and live as cheaply as possible so that we could still live well on a single income. Uh-huh. So, okay, then take us from there, because now your husband, well, when, when you moved to Indiana, you were saying he, he had a job. He had a job teaching? Well, actually, he'd been teaching before we moved to Indiana, and when we moved to Indiana, he actually became a garbage man. And so that was hard for a lot of our peers and our family to accept, you know, him leaving something as um, prestigious. Oh, prestigious, but well thought of as teaching to become yes. a garbage man. But it really fit in with the life that we were trying to establish. Because with teaching, anybody who is a teacher or has a teacher knows that so much of your mental energy is focused on those kids you're teaching and their parents and all the things you have to do that it's really hard to kind of take a step back. And especially at that point, we moved to Indiana. We had, um, we actually had, I guess I was pregnant with number six at that time. And, you know, my husband really needed to spend more time focusing on us and focusing on what we were doing and our children and not so much other people's children. Mm-hmm. So then how did it evolve that he eventually was able to quit that job? We started the business. So um, 
the way <laughs> the way goat milk stuff started was I actually had the children in the bathtub one day. And so I'd done all this healthy stuff, you know, with what we ate and, and all those sorts of things. And for the first time ever, I looked at the baby wash I had always used. And I looked at the ingredient list, and it was all filled with petroleum-based chemicals and all these things I didn't, you know, I would never feed them, and I really didn't want it on their skin. So I decided right then and there I was going to make my own soap. And mm-hmm. um, when you make soap, you, you use a liquid, and I had the dairy goat, so I had all this, you know, source of great, healthy milk. And so I decided to put the milk in the soap instead of the water. And then when I made it and put it in the shower, my husband's fingers stopped cracking and splitting. So huh. that was kind of the aha moment. And we just started, you know, making the soap and selling it. And it grew so fast that we had to, we had to make the decision whether, because when you get to that point, it, it's kind of a hard place because you have something that's doing well, the business is growing, but it's not yet supporting you. You know, you're, everything you're doing is going back into the business because mm-hmm. growth takes a lot of cash flow to keep maintaining that growth. So we had to decide whether we were going to cut it back or whether we were going to bring him home and put him on full time. Uh-huh. Okay, well, this is a good point to uh, <laughs> to stop, to take a break, and we'll find out um, what how you made that decision when we come back. My guest is PJ Jonas. Um, we're talking today about can you be a super mom like PJ, <laughs> and um, she is the um, I, what do you call yourself? The president, the owner, the co-owner of Goat Milk Stuff. Yeah, I don't really give myself a title. I just sound the mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The mom of goat milk stuff. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, for uh, the honor of Mother's Day, in honor of Mother's Day. Today's show is Can You Be a Supermom? And here's one supermom who uh, did it her way, as Frank Sinatra would say. And um, 
And before the break, you were telling us about how you were at the point where you had to make a decision whether to enlarge um, your goat milk product business and have your husband leave his job to be a part of this or whether to uh, make things smaller and have him continue to work out of the home. And how did you make that decision? You know, we gathered everybody together. Some of the children were still pretty young at that point, but whenever we have a big decision, we always do it as a family. And we just sat down and kind of talked it out. And um, as we laid everything out and as we prayed about it, you know, it just became really clear that this was what we were meant to do. I mean, I had prayed for years for a family business um, and that this was something that was working. And so we knew we were going to have to sacrifice even more. You know, we just tightened our belt um, we did. We didn't go out as a family. We didn't buy anything new for many, many months. Um, if we, you know, that old phrase, "What does it make do? Do without something like that?" That was uh-huh. exactly what we did, and um, we just went for it. So, you know, in hindsight, it obviously worked out, but um, it was a very scary time <laughs> for us, honestly. Yes, and, and I was I was asking PJ during the break about how they picked where they moved to uh, in Indiana. And she explained that it was because Indiana was a friendly, a homeschool friendly state, and that um, and that because her husband grew up in the mountains, he wanted a, a mountainous part of Indiana, and that was in the southern part. And they were near, close enough to Louisville so that they could go to a city every once in a while when you could when you could begin to afford it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, wouldn't quite call it mountainous down here, but it's got a little bit of, of hills, so that kind of uh, okay. met that need that he had. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay, so then he joined, and this was, now what year are we up to? Okay, so that would have been 2008. Well, okay. 2009. He came on full-time 2009. Okay. So, and so yeah. then how did it grow from there? Well, you know, you have to remember that everything that we do as a family is integrated, okay? So I don't, you know, people ask me, well, when do the the children homeschool? Well, we don't set apart hours for homeschooling. We just integrate the homeschooling with everything that we do. You know, all their biology is covered with all the animals and everything we do with that, and their math is, is covered with, um, you know, either cooking in the kitchen or making soap or tracking the financials of the business. So what we did was we took everybody and we kind of figured out what everybody's strengths were, and we had to figure out, we put up a website, that was mine, I, I, it was horrible at the time, our first website, but I did what I could and I put it up and you could purchase the soap on the website, and then we started doing the craft fairs. Um, we started just going to every craft fair we could, little farmer's markets, things like that, because we wanted to introduce people to the soap and give them a reason to go to the website to order. So that was kind of our strategy, and it, you know, it worked really well because I wanted the children to have a practical education, and one of those things was I wanted them to be able to sell because um, being a good salesman is, in my opinion, a very important skill to have because even if you're not selling things for a living, you're always selling your ideas, and you yeah. know, if you go to a job interview, you're selling yourself. So I wanted yeah. them to know how to speak and know how to sell, but also to be able to handle rejection because mm. that, that was really important to me that they not take it personally when someone didn't want to buy their soap, you know, mm. that they could mm. understand that part of it as well. Yes. I mean, you know, actually, I mean, soap, I mean, the cost of a bar of soap, uh, you, I mean, these weren't really high-ticket items, so you really had to sell a lot of, a lot of soap and other goat milk stuff um, to, to support yourself as a family. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing how much 
your lifestyle and the choices that you make and the decisions and how you run your life changes when you are responsible for <laughs> making the money um, that, you know, is needed to feed and pay your bills and pay your mortgage. Because it was different when, when you go out and work for someone else, you know, you know you, you've got a steady paycheck, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. I think that was the hardest part of, of starting Goat Milk Stuff was bringing Jim on and giving up that steady paycheck and knowing that if we weren't out there selling or if we got tired or if we just didn't feel like it for the weekend, there was no money coming in that mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. So, um, so your children are, let's see, 8 to, no, uh, 7 to 18. And um, so the oldest one is away in college, is that right? No, um, the oldest two are 18 and 16, and they're taking classes at our local community college right now. Okay. And so they're still working on the farm? Yes, everybody works on the farm. Everybody gets a salary. They're all, they do a lot around here. Okay. And um, how do you deal with, um, <laughs> have you, I mean, there mu- it would be normal for the children to go through periods, or at least some of them, to go through periods of rebelliousness where maybe they especially, well, do you have a television? We, well, we don't have, like, TV. We don't do cable or television, but we have, we play, we watch movies. So, okay. you know, or we'll Hulu something or whatnot, but we don't have cable that we just have shows come on. Okay, but, like, oh, they, they see movies, so they, they kind of have an idea, and they, and they go into town, so they kind of have an idea of how other people live. Have you, your, some of your children must have been rebellious at some point or another and said, I don't want to have to do all this work. I want to, you know, why can't mommy or daddy get a real job? And um, Yeah, you know, that really has never been an issue. Um, it's never come up. It's never happened. I mean, they're children. They're just like us. You know, there are times when you really don't feel like doing your chores. You know, you'd rather just sit down in your pajamas and read a book all day. Um, it, you know, so it's, it's managing the children with their chores, but no, everybody loves our lifestyle. Everybody loves the farm. My kids are so funny when we go. You know, we have friends who live in subdivisions, and we'll go to a party at the subdivision. We'll leave, and they'll all be like, oh, I don't know how you would live in a subdivision. So, huh. you know, they love the farm. We have a creek, and we have woods, and, you know, this is a great lifestyle. Um, it's something that, you know, my oldest, who's 18, she's trying to, to process what she wants to do for the rest of her life. Yeah. She's, you know, she loves it here. She's already talking about buying a house nearby and, you know, just continuing. She likes to write, so she can write and work here and do both, so she's really hmm. happy about that. Hmm. Wow. Um, well, that's great. Well, what about uh, marital problems? I mean, this it was. You, you have gone through stressful times. I mean, I get the feeling that things are kind of humming along much better now, but um, through all those choices and decisions and, you know, having to work so hard and all that, um, how did how did you deal with your uh, the problems that came up uh, in your marriage? You know, we have an amazing marriage. We're really you know we get along very well. And we complement each other very well. So my strengths are his weaknesses. His weaknesses are my strengths, and so we naturally divide um, the work very easily. Um, one of the hardest things about starting Go Milk Stuff was Jim coming home and being with the children full-time, 24-7. That was a really hard adjustment for him to make because, 
you know, as a stay-at-home mom, I learned early on that you have to pick and choose your battles. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> there would be things that they would do, and I'd be like, okay, I can't, I can't deal with that right now. I can't address that right now. So I would just pretend I didn't see it, and you know, I would tell them, oh, just, just ignore that right now. We don't, you know, we're not dealing with that. We're working on another issue with the yeah. kids right now, and so that was something of a challenge for him. But um, we do stuff like we take daily walks together. We've done that for years, and we work through a lot of the issues whether it's the family, the business, things that, you know, directions we don't, we're not necessarily in agreement on. Um, but there really hasn't been, hasn't been anything major that's happened the whole time. Hmm. So, um, so but that's, that, that's one of the things that you would recommend to, be, to work these things out in, or, in a daily walk with your spouse. You know, it is a great way. We get away from the children, we get away from the business, we get some exercise in, and we talk through the issues. And if you're doing it every day, you know, it, nothing tends to get pushed aside and build up because yeah. whatever's right there, it just it comes out before it has time to fester. So that's been a really, really um, important thing that's kept us, you know, on the same team and not fighting over goat milk stuff and just keeping things running smoothly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, what about, I was reading your blog, and um, there was a couple of things got my attention. Um, For example, um, one of the things was a a conversation between two of your children about prom. Um, It it was just a little snippet, so could you kind of tell us the backstory? Um, You know, I'm not exactly sure which one you're talking about, because I don't always put them up. We We put daily quotes on where we'll just take things that, um, that people say and, you know, the kids say throughout the day and we put them up there on the blog. Um, but well, one you know, of the my... children, were, one of them I, um, was asking, was mentioning prom. One, one child was asking what a prom was. Um, yeah. Do you remember that? I well, mean, like, they have a very, you... um, I think I know what you're talking about now. You, you know, my kids have a very different um, look at life, you know, because we're on a farm, they deal with, Issues that are really a matter of life and death. You know, um, we had 72 baby goats born this year. Not all of them made it. You know, they, my kids are there delivering the, the baby goats with us. Um, we take care of them. We bottle raise them all, so they, they do all that. You know, we've had, um, we've had adult goats die, but when you have that many, it's, it's going to happen. And um, we have a business, so they, they know what customer service is like. They know that people can be mean to you. They know that people can be really nice to you, and they know that it's not necessarily um, your, you know, it's not necessarily about you. Sometimes some people are just having a bad day. So because they have that um, perspective on things, the way they look at what might be considered, quote, you know, normal to someone who's public school, like a prom, is very different. And to a lot of them, it's just silly because <laughs> it, it's something that's not in their, you know, in their worldview and their life. They'd rather be out swinging on the, the vines in the woods and building a, you know, a treehouse so they can you know, spy on their brothers and their goats than dress up and go to a prom. Uh-huh. But, so then that, but that kind of gets to the issue of, like, how um, boys and girls, you know, I mean, when, when kids are in, I'll be honest with you, um, I am not for homeschooling. Um, I've talked a lot about this, and, and one of the reasons, I mean, I know, I know that you say, and it's certainly true and it's getting worse and worse, that especially public schools, um, you know, it's very hard to get a good education in public school, and there are so many bad things these days with bullying 
so out of control and, and, and drugs and alcohol and all of that, um, it really makes it very difficult. Um, you know, schools become a very dangerous situation um, for kids to navigate. But the, the thing about homeschool is that, um, and of course you're fortunate because your husband was a teacher, so he would particularly know what, you know, how to teach. <laughs> but, um, but uh, well, we're going to have to continue this when we come back. I'm hearing the music. But, um, you know, they don't get the socialization that kids get, for better or worse, in going to, pu- going to school, public or private school. Um, so when we come back, we can talk about that. My guest is PJ Jonas. Her company is GoatMilkStuff.com. Um, when we when we when we finish, uh, well, I know everybody's now turning to GoatMilkStuff.com. Okay, but keep listening to us at the same time. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with PJ Jonas. And the topic is, can you be a super mom? And certainly she has figured out the lifestyle in order to be able to do that. Um, Before the break, I was talking of bringing up um, homeschooling and mentioning that, uh, well, actually it came from uh, the question about the prom and that, because, you know, one of the things that kids learn, um, painful as it is, but in going to regular school, um, they they have crushes on each other, their first crush, puppy love, they learn about uh, dating and about, um, you know, feeling attracted to um uh, the opposite sex and having going to prom, you know, what is prom? What now? Granted, it's all it's very st- these are all stressful things that cause great anxiety. And the first love is always heartbreak. I mean, you know, when that ends. Um, so, it, it, they these are, but they are rites of passage. So I'm just wondering about how um, your kids going being homeschooled the whole time are are getting this socialization or or learning about these things 
Yeah, socialization is one of the big concerns that most people who don't homeschool have. And, you know, that prom question was actually um, from my seven-year-old daughter, so she was the one who asked what a prom was because the older kids were talking about it, and she didn't realize Mm -hmm. what it was. But, you know, I tell people that, as everybody's met that awkward homeschooler who doesn't really know, you know, how to how to talk to people, how to interact. And when I tell people, you have to understand that that awkward homeschooler probably would have been the awkward kid in the public school as well, because a lot of it is not the fact that it's homeschooling, but it's the fact that that's that child's personality or that's that child's family life. So most homeschoolers are very socially active. So for, in our example, um, my boys and... Um, the girls are, as well run track and cross country. So they are heavily involved in um, track and cross country. They do that for many months of the year. Um, they have a homeschool team. They actually, our boys won the homeschool um, national cross country meet this past year, which they're extremely proud of. So, you know, they can compete. They can learn what it means to be a part of the team outside of the family. It's not something that, you know, they're locked in the house all day <laughs> or on the farm all day and they don't have that interaction. You know, I think it's just important that when you consider the socialization question, you have to consider as an parent and as an adult, what is the outcome that I am trying to get from socialization? For me, I want my kids to be confident in who they are. I want them to be able to speak to strangers. Um, I want them to be able to ask questions and be interested in what's happening in other people's lives and not just be completely focused on themselves. You know, I want them to be able to handle when things don't go their way, you know, and be able to handle that in a in a socially acceptable kind of response. Uh-huh. Um, and all of those things you can do outside of being in a public school classroom. You know, you can do it in small groups. You know, my kids, um, they volunteer. My daughter would volunteer with the, the local um, library and help with the story hour for the children. You know, so there's, there's opportunities all around. You know, we also do things like we bring baby goats to the nursing home and we spend time mm. with the residents of the nursing home. Mm. All of that is socialization that can be just as valuable, if not more valuable, than, you know, the peer pressure that you get from being in a class of 20 to 30 kids all the same age. Because that's not Uh really what real life is like. You know, you get out once you graduate, and you're mixed with all different age groups. It's not, you know, everybody all in the same age. Right. Well, that's really great that you do all of that. Um, You know, I I think that that's, but a lot of homeschoolers don't do that. You, You know that. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of times, um, kids go to get homeschooled. I mean, go to the school to get their books and their tests. And, and uh, well, also, you know, a lot of times, kids who are homeschooled are taught by parents who really don't know, can, you know, aren't skilled like a teacher in whatever the subjects are. Um, I, during the break, I was asking you what your husband taught, and you said junior high school science, which which would lend itself to, which is a great age to be teaching. I mean, he can, you know, go up and down on uh, Yeah, ages. but his education hasn't helped at all with our homeschooling. <laughs> we, don't, we don't teach our children in a typical classroom setting. I don't believe that that's personally how children learn the best. You know, and they've done study after study that show that children in public school type situations don't retain the knowledge, um, that it's more that hands-on, that questioning, teaching children how to learn for themselves is what enables them to stay interested 
in learning new things yes. and applying it to their life, and they actually remember it. But don't you have to, um, I don't know what it's like in Indiana, but aren't there statewide tests that they have to uh, take at certain grade levels? Now, homeschooling is um, legal on the federal level, and then it's regulated on a state-by-state level, and different states have different regulations, um, and they've done studies that have proven that the level of regulation and how many tests the kids are required to take or the parents themselves are required to pass certain things has absolutely no effect on the level of education that homeschool children are getting. So wait, so you don't have to show anything to the state, any proficiency, any degree of, you know, like how well they can read or how, how far they can do math or how many books they've read in terms of English lit? Required Nothing math. like that? Nope. There are no requirements? Um, we have to take attendance in the state of Indiana. Wow. Huh. Yeah, but you have to remember, in America, the Supreme Court has said that parents are presumed to act in the best interest of their children. Just like we're, you know, we're innocent until we're proven guilty. We are presumed to act and have our children's best interests at heart. So you can't go into homeschooling thinking that, that parents are just trying to take the lazy way out. And there's nothing lazy or easy well, about homeschooling. Well, okay, but even the parents who are, I mean, you and your husband are educated, you know, above the norm. And, um, but for parents who, who may well have the best interests of their children at heart, but aren't really equipped um, to teach them a lot of things. Most parents in that situation either find outside co-ops, they find people to help with the subjects they're not comfortable teaching, there's online resources, and a lot of parents, you would be surprised, learn it with their children and they learn it together and they both learn it better than someone being taught it by someone who is already qualified with the material. You know, it's that old saying, you know, what's the best way to learn something, to teach it to someone else? Right. Well, that's, that's, that's all very interesting. Um, all right. Well, so, okay, so when it comes to things like dating and prom and things like that, um, like what do your kids, well, I mean, I guess, so. The, okay, so what, you're, what you've said is that they've had, they have this socialization in these other activities, and so presumably they they are learning to interact with the opposite sex and have, um, I mean, to ask questions about the normal kinds of questions that kids are asking when they're discovering they're still teenagers. their bodies. They have their friends have brothers or their friends have sisters, and <laughs> they're not isolated because they're here, you know, on, on the farm and homeschooling. I mean, there are, there are so many interactions out there that, um, you know, and one could argue they almost have more opportunity because they're not in the school building for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, for a variety anyway, I mean, that they're meeting more, you know, a bigger variety of people. So what are some of the challenges that you are find in just in general, not in regard to homeschooling or not homeschooling, but just generally the idea of raising eight kids, um, you know, in this, with this age span um, in this crazy world? <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of time when I was a new mom thinking about you know, thinking ahead. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but, uh, you know, one of his habits is to begin with the end in mind. So when I was a young mom and I wrote it all down and I, I wrote down what I would be looking back at my children, what I would consider myself a successful mom if, you know, my children, what they would look like for me to consider <laughs> to be a super mom, as, as you've said. And... Very little of what I wrote down 
had to do with the facts that they knew in their head or the individual skills that they could perform, you know, whether they were, could run a five-minute mile or kick a soccer ball through the goal. It all had to do with their character. It all had to do with who they were at a person. You know, were they able to love other people? Were they able to act with integrity? Were they able to be kind? And all of those things. And I went into real detail with that. And as the children have gotten older, um, you know, those things I've had to, to modify with them because they each have their own strengths and their own weaknesses. But when you, when you begin with the end of mind and you have an idea where you're going with them, it's easier, not, not super simple, but easier to navigate those temptations. So, you know, for example, a cell phone. My kids um, don't have a cell phone until they're much older. My daughter got hers um, at 16. The two oldest boys have just dumb phones because um, being out and about on the farm, we can text them and get, you know, and communicate with them that way if they're back in the woods with the goats or whatnot. But um, it's very regulated because the, you know, the cell phone didn't, didn't meet some of those, those character traits that we wanted to. So we're able to, you know, better, better make decisions because we know what kind of kids we want to produce. Uh-huh. So, um, so when your daughter got a cell phone at 16, um, did that, like, open up a world of, I guess, temptations or problems? No. No, it really didn't. She's, um... She's very mature. I mean, obviously, being the oldest of eight, she's, you know, mature beyond her years. She's, yes. She's seen a lot. Um, she, if anything, she spends a little more time than I would like on Twitter because she, um, as I mentioned before, she wants to be a writer, and she's hooked up with um, a, a bunch of authors on Twitter, and she does a lot of um, what's called beta reading and proofreading for them. So hmm. she's very involved with that. Um, but no, she's got she's got the confidence and the ability. She she makes very good decisions. So she really hasn't had an issue with it at that. And it, you know, and it's not sixteen isn't the magic number. I, you know, I can think of one of my kids who <laughs> who may wait till eighteen because it would be a problem for him. Uh-huh. So, um, so they all have their strengths and weaknesses. And so you have you know we treat them all as individuals. We don't just set down blanket rules that everybody follows. Uh huh. So um, so that would be good. Let, let's talk about that, how you, I mean, of course, love, integrity, and, and kindness are really the key, you know, factors of what, what every mother, every parent should want their child to um, have as, as values growing up. So how did you go about teaching that to your children? Well, for me, we, you know, the farm lifestyle was really something that, um, intrinsically builds into kids. I mean, it's not like magic. It doesn't happen. But it gives a lot of chances for you to do that. I mean, you have to work hard on the farm. You know, you have to sacrifice. There are times during kidding season when all we want to do is sleep, but there's a goat having her baby, so we have to be there to help. Um, and that gives, you know, that teaches compassion, that teaches sacrificing your own desires to be able to do that. So, uh-huh. you know, a lot of it is the lifestyle that you set up. And, you know, if you find your child lacking one of those skills, you have to go out of your way to create opportunities to build that into them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk more about that when we come back, um, because I think this is really important. Um, so we will, <laughs> with my guest, P.J. Jonas, 
Um, her company is called Goat Milk Stuff. Uh, we're talking about can you be a supermom, and she's giving us lots of lessons on how to do that. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com How do you achieve the utmost success in your life, career, faith, relationships, and more? It's all here in The Business of Living with host Scott Ventrella. Scott has experience as an executive coach, sought-after speaker, and lecturer. He and his guests will offer practical solutions and strategies to help you move to the next level of success no matter where you are in your life and career. The Business of Living airs live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with my guest, T.J. Jonas about whether you can be a supermom. And certainly she has, has laid out <laughs> a blueprint um, in engineering fashion <laughs> for, um, for one way that you might be able to do that. I mean, I must say, it does sound, um, it does sound very, even though it's, you know, there's a lot of hard work, as you've been describing, it also does sound like an oasis from some of the, uh, the pol- pollution and, and toxic things in, in cities um, that we deal with, and I don't just mean like toxic products and so on, but just kind of all the things, like the people who aren't so nice, and and um, which, which I think there are more of um, in larger cities, and and uh, and in a different kind of lifestyle where you have to de- deal more with um, some of these these things that are more difficult. Um, yeah, everybody so wants to come out into the farm. It's always so funny when when the the children's friends come over. They're like, "Oh, can we do your chores?" <laughs> like, yes. like uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, know? yes. Well, so before the break, we were talking about some of the how you before you um, uh, 
or when you were a young mother, the things that you decided that were most important to you to um, inculcate in your children, love, integrity, kindness, compassion, sacrifice. So give us some more examples of how um, you do that. Well, you know, I I have one of the children who... um can tend to be sometimes a little focused, you know, kind of more of a, a glass half empty kind of person and focused on the, the bad things that are happening and not the um, the good things that are happening in life. And so with this child, you know, it's something that a trip to the nursing home um, is, is important um, and something I make sure that that child doesn't miss. Things like um, anytime you can go and you know, serve serve dinner at the local homeless shelter, or you know, practically bring goods to the local food bank. Um, giving that person a chance to realize, okay, <laughs> these these things that I am envisioning as problems really aren't very big problems in the scheme of things. Yes, yes. You know, so it's creativity. Check. I mean, it takes some effort. It definitely takes effort to get them out, and and you have to really study your children. You have to know them and then you have to practically and, and that's where you know my husband and our walks come are very important because we get to bounce these ideas off each other okay you know so and so is really struggling with this what can we do mm. and it's not a quick fix it's not something that you know you go out and you snap your fingers do one thing and it's fixed but what can we do more of with this child to help them get better in that area mhm mhm now um you also have some employees on the farm and how do you um how do you sort of supervise or um, deal with some of the issues that come up uh, between the employees and your children? You know, the the employees have been such a wonderful addition. We have a great team working with us right now, and they know when they come on that the children are here. You know, it's something that they know and they see. You know, we always have a trial period because the children are children, and sometimes they're great and work hard, and sometimes they're loud and obnoxious and fight and bicker over stuff. So the employees, um, because we know them really well and, and um, have have been involved in their lives, they have um, taken something of a you know of a mentor role with the children. So they build. They each have different relationships with them, and so there'll be times when one of the employees will come to me and say, you know, I'm I'm having a trouble with with this child. They're not listening to me when I ask them to do something. And so we'll work on improving that relationship um, from both ends, from my child's end and from the employee's end. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch both of them grow, both my child and the employee, because they're learning better communications with someone outside of the family. And the employee's learning communications with someone much younger. So someday as their children are getting older, they'll have a better idea of how to, you know, how to parent someday. Uh-huh. How many employees do you have? We have six right now. Uh-huh. So that's kind of a workable number. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we're growing right now, so there'll be more coming on at some point. But, uh, but right now we're, we're really happy with the six that we have. So um, have you given any thought to writing a book um, to... Uh, like uh, like I was saying before, a blueprint um, for families, uh, you know, to, who are trapped in, um, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, in a lifestyle where money seems to be the number one uh, uh, goal um, and and spending time with their children or spending quality time with their children and teaching these, these values of love, integrity, and so on uh, get pushed to the side because they don't have time. It's not that they don't want to do it, but, you know, 
they they put more value on on going out and earning a living. Um, are yeah, you, you know, it's, it's definitely on my to-do list. I have a, actually a working outline, but it's just a matter of getting the time to to make it happen. And so far, I haven't been able to do that. You know, I think it's. I think one of the things that's really nice about our story is that it can be an encouragement to other people um, that it can be done. You know, we left single in or double income. We were drastically in debt. We worked to pay it off. You know, we we were broke for very many years. You know, and and through hard work and perseverance and having that long term view, you know, it's not you're not going to snap your fingers and all of a sudden have the lifestyle the lifestyle you want. You have to work towards it, but any sacrifice you make is going to be worth it to improve those relationships with your children and the time that you spend with them because it's going to make them be better people. And that's, in my opinion, you know, when I'm old and looking back, that's what's going to be most important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are some of the things that um, I mean? What what kind of comments do you get from people about? Um, I mean, like, do people say to you, "Oh, that looks great," but I could never do that? Yeah, that's a very common thing, you know, when it when it comes to running a business, when it comes to homeschooling, um, you know. And what I tell people is, you have to, you know, you, you talked about being a super mom. You have to let go of things. You can't do it all. You know, this myth that we, that we women can do it all, we can have it all, you can't. You have to be willing to give up things. Um, but those things that you're giving up now may come back into your life later, and and they're worth it. That sacrifice is worth it. It's not easy, but, you, you know, you don't regret it, and you learn the skills as you practice doing it. You know, it's not that you have all of the skills you need right now. You know, I am a much better communicator now than I was 10 years ago because I've had so much more you know, opportunity to uh-huh. practice and I've messed up so many times I've learned I've had to become a better communicator. Um, so you don't have to have all the skills you need right now to be able to do it. Those will, you will be able to develop them. Well, that's, that's yes, that's, I mean, I think it's, it's hard for people to just make that leap, but, um, but I think that certainly you're a good a good model, a good example, and it doesn't have to be about goat milk stuff. No. <laughs> it could be about about anything. There, a whole a whole bunch of different family things that one could do as a family. Um, whatever you you know is important to you, you know, and and it is a very scary taking that leap of faith is very scary. But if you and your family and your spouse, you know, and if you've if you're a believer, if you if you've prayed about it to God and you have comfort with it. Don't let the other people who are telling you you're crazy, don't let them stop you. Because mm-hmm. I had people point blank say to me at the beginning, there is no way you can support your family making soap. <laughs> Straight to my face. And I just said, okay, but I'm pretty sure this is what we're going to do, and we're going to try it anyway. You know, uh-huh. So don't let, don't let those negative voices, if you are committed and you think this is the lifestyle you want, you know, Go for it because you'll never regret trying. It may not work out the way you want it to. You know, I never envisioned, you know, ten years ago that this is where I would be. But I love it. I love my life, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh well, that's great. Well, now um, we we have like two minutes left, three minutes. Um, tell us. Well, again, I'm going to give out the website again. It's Goat Milk. Stuff.com. I really want to encourage all of you who are listening to go to the website. Not only are there fascinating um, products but, um, and healthy products um, and products that are good for your skin and good for, 
for for you in various ways. But there's also this great blog where you can see the pictures of the family. You can hear see stories about the family. I mean, it's sort of a continuation of what PJ has been talking about on the show. So goatmilkstuff.com. Well, PJ, thank you so much. And yes, indeed, um, I think one can be a super mom. Yes, there are sacrifices, but certainly you have shown us um, one fabulous model of one way that it can be done. So thank, well, thank you, so you so much. much for that. And happy Mother's Day. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's one good thing about having all these kids. They get lots of presents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, uh, they usually make me something, so that's yes. always a fun thing. Yes, yes. Well, and thank you all for listening. Uh, hope you all have a happy Mother's Day, and make sure the, you um, celebrate it for the mother in your life. Make the mother in your life or uh, mother-in-law or godmother or anyone in a mothering capacity to you, make them feel special on Mother's Day. So thank you all. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 